guys. I'll be right back. I've been asked to fill in uh, on Broad Street Hockey for Charlie. Can't make it. So <laughs> Charlie O'Jack Smith here. I am Irish. Are you really? Well, just a good half. Oh. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we are one-one. Uh, who scored for the uh, for the for the wild? Matthew Boldine. Who's got him in our league, Jimmy? This guy. Do you really? I do. Where? Yeah. Uh, oh, the ESPN league. ESPN league. Yeah. Hmm. I've been scanning your roster on fan tracks. I don't remember seeing them. Uh, we'll talk after the pod because uh, <laughs> deadlines on Sunday. He yes. got dropped in my uh, my yearly league. Oh my week. god! Is this the, the same league where somebody traded uh, Zuccarello for for somebody else? I forget what that trade was. I vetoed that as soon as we got off, <laughs> <laughs> dude. And the thing is, it's an insanely deep league. Like, it's only eight teams, but we do. 12 forwards, six defensemen, two goalies, and then like five bench spots. So, like, Matt Boldy should not be dropped. No. Oh, my God. Dude, no, Jim Farley was like that. I win the championship every year. How, how deep is your league roster wise? You start five players, three forwards, two defensemen, and a goalie, and the goalie score a thousand points a game. Right. Yeah. 16 teams. Hang on. I bring it up here. I do like that. Uh, like, 16 is like cool. I love yeah. that it's 16. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I have this roster, and I can't start half the players. I like that, though. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I, I hate our, our ESPN when, you know, you have a roster, We're like, 13, with 18 guys, and, and you start all, like, 15. It's like, well. That's sta- that's pretty standard, though. I know. I, I'm starting to see. Oh. 13 to one, 2-1, Trav? No. No, Provi tripped, and I thought they were about to get a breakaway, but he recovered. Where are you guys at on your stream? What? How much time's left? I just saw what you just described. I'm um, at thirteen forty-one. Hang on, let me press enter. Thirteen forty-four. Okay. I'm hang probably on. about eight seconds behind you, and Jim's still in the first period. I'm thirteen thirty-two. <laughs> okay. Whenever, you're ahead whenever, of me? whenever I uh, whenever I look at another screen, like whenever I take off the game from NHL sixty-six, it freezes the time. So uh, when I go back, I didn't miss anything, which is frustrating. Because so I'm actually the, the most behind. Yeah, right now. What are you Spider. watching on? Oh, you're watching on YouTube TV, you say, right? Well, I had to, no, I had to log in my ESPN Plus account because it's not uh, on YouTube TV. Uh, it's on my phone, so I don't know. Anybody know who this is? That's Diggs. Diggs, Tra- by the way. Trayvon Diggs, oh, hang- <laughs> Diggs, Trayvon Diggs hanging out on his vacation. What's up, G? <laughs> Trav, I thought that was one of your boys. I don't think so. All right. Diggs, BTW. What's up? Thanks for hanging out. Um, all right. So, All-Star Games next week. Kevin Hayes obviously made the team. Um, it'll be good for him. We've been here. I think we're hearing a little bit more personal stuff about Kevin Hayes come out, which, which is nice. He's having a good year. I think we mentioned 44 points, 48 games. Uh, somebody put out an article why he does the whole, you know, point to the sky thing after he scores. Uh, uh, it's because of his nephew. His nephew does it, right, for yeah. for, his, for his dad, for Jimmy Hayes, Kevin Hayes' brother. Um, so that that's a nice thing. Um, you know, happy for the guy. Uh, I think we talked about Kevin Hayes on the past show and, and the All-Star game and whatnot. Uh, you guys want to talk about Kevin Hayes? I don't know what else to say. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not <laughs> I mean, he's, he's point-wise, point wise, he's deserving of the All-Star game. I mean, he's not the best. I Konechny should be our representative, but whatever. It's an All-Star game. I'm not going to lose sleep over that. I hope he has a good showing. I hope he enjoys it. I hope his family enjoys it. 
I hope his uh, his nephews definitely enjoy it, and I hope he scores and points to the sky for his nephew. And I'm dead serious when I say that. I hope he has a blast, and he's he's deserving. Like he's a really good player yeah. from a organizational perspective. I hope he shows off his skill and talent, and somebody bites. <laughs> I know that won't happen, but I can hope. I can Fletcher it, hope in a prayer. As do I. And I you hope know- they. Ahead, I hope they incorporate Bo, his nephew. I hope they incorporate him in the skills competition somehow. They should that would be cool. Have him pull right. Him That's what I was thinking. Before, that right? would be cool. Yeah. So he's the haze. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? That that would be cool. Have him wear yeah. his dad's jersey yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Sometimes I fletcher you guys. I something as a joke, and it turns out to be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, that's touching. Um, all right. So, I mean, we pretty much said all, all we could say about Kevin Hayes. We know he's making the all-star game. You know, we're, we're finding out a little bit more personal stuff about him, which is nice. Jack, you mentioned trade. I'm going to throw something at you guys here. So going to go off the path a little bit. Max Pacioretty out for the season in Carolina after briefly coming back. I think he did something to his Achilles. I want to say, uh, yeah. whatever it is, season ending injury, uh, Carolina traded for him over the summer. I don't think they real. I, I don't think they gave up anything. I think they actually got him for free because yeah. I think uh, Vegas needed to get rid of Cat. But if Carolina was depending on Pacioretty for scoring, would it make sense for the Flyers to find a way to trade them JVR? Is JVR a potential fit in Carolina? Now I'm looking at Carolina's cap friendly here. The current cap space is $3.1 million, And they just so happen to have two flyer draft picks. One <laughs> this year in round three and another in 2024 in round two. Do the flyers attempt to get those back for JVR? Is it a possibility? What do you think, Trav? Um, I would... I don't watch a lot of Hurricanes games. I don't know who sits net front on their power play. I think if you go through every team and like, all right, who needs a an upgrade there? That would make more sense. Because I, I, I don't think that, that was Pacioretty. He was probably on one of the flanks shooting. Um, I could be wrong, but I don't know. Well, do they – who's their, their big body – I mean, I don't know how their power Patch. play runs, but do they have somebody they park in front of the net? To That's what I'm trying to think. I'm off the top of my head. They they seem more skillful. I'm trying to. Svechnikov. He's my on mute. Does he? No, I hear you now. He's a big boy. Yeah, but is he like? Is he deflecting? That's the guy I'd be wanting to shoot my one timers. He always he always yeah exactly. He always struck me as more skillful. um, Where I think you could put, and they're so much better than us that it's hard to just park one of our guys in there. But like on their second unit or something or whatever they want to do. I don't think it's crazy. Probably wouldn't cost too much. We probably eat a lot of money and we don't care. It's one year. Um, and yet, yeah, a guy who can score, who can de- deflect pucks. You got a team that's very good defensively. I'm sure utilizes their defensive lot and he deflects a lot of pucks and screens the goalie. I mean, it's, I don't think, I think you can make it work for sure. I think if they get a injury to a defenseman, I wouldn't be shocked if Tony goes back there. Oh, two for one. <laughs> I don't know. They didn't, how, how stupid would Chuck look, though? He gave up 
I mean, look, if to get rid of that five million for next year wouldn't be too too bad, and that's why I ultimately don't think Carolina would do it. But to give up all those draft picks just to trade him back to the team, he better either get all those picks back or some. I, I don't know. I I would be blown away if that happened just for that factor. I feel like if if Chuck's the kind of guy who'll double down on a mistake like Ristolainen and sign him long term, he's not trading Tony. He'll trade him anywhere but Carolina. However, however, if you just look at the X's and O's, yes, that does make sense. I feel like TBR is a a plan B or C for like almost every team. When when Travis, yeah, that would make sense. And I feel like he knows something. Just heads up for future. (laughs) When Travis drops, and I feel like, and it you know seems like it comes out of left field, it's because he he knows something. So so never challenge him when he does that. (laughs) No, absolutely. I'm I'm saying for listeners. If if Travis drops a, you know, I'm 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 feeling like, you know, this is a possibility. It's not coming out of nowhere, right, Trav? Correct. Okay. For future. Okay, so just so everybody knows. When, when well, let me let, that, and let I me let me ask you guys a little question here. When's the last time uh, Sean Couturier was skating by himself on that side rink at the skate zone? I like you haven't seen him. I haven't seen him in over a month. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, go on. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> he's done. I I'm not laughing. I'm I'm not laughing because it's not a laughing matter. I think he's done. We said it from the get go. From the get go, done. I got to I got to go back on my YouTube from like over a year ago when I said that the injury is a lot more serious than the team was leading on. I got to go find that and clip that. You do. Uh. I mean, we had heard something actually probably around this time last year, right? Even even what has been reported on Couturier is not what we were talking about, right, Trav? Right. And what what is reported on Couturier is like, okay, well, fix that and let's see what happens. But what we heard, it's like there's no fixing that. You can only hope. And if you have to – so so even if you're just a regular dude – that's not playing a sport, a uh, professional sport for a living, you're probably going to have some, some back trouble throughout the course of your life. If you're playing, I mean, this guy is hockey, especially because you're bent over a lot of the time. Yeah, it feels it's that just, way with the fan. Things, <laughs> <laughs> things just, it's not adding up for, for Sean Couturier here. And this is just me, but I don't see how he ever plays another game, another healthy game. You know, I, I'm sure they're going to try to trot him out there and he's going to try to come back. And right. I, I hope to God that he can. But based off what we've heard and we, we think, I just don't see how that's possible. And fans I, fans yeah. should never expect to see him play again. And I hope the front office kind of realizes that as well. Yeah. What's scary is Fletcher's thing is I'm not, I'm not being – I'm not being – not to beat a dead horse, but like the whole hope thing, that's his plan. Like he's not going to do anything to like fix it unless he retires. Like he's just going to hope that he gets a different diagnosis the next day, the next season. It, it's scary. All the more reason to rebuild. Like it's, you're not going to have, you, you can't have that much money that you can't use in the hole. Like it's I, just, they got to, they got to figure something out. They got to do change course or something. It ain't working. 
I wonder if they give him a pass because of this stuff. Instead, so there's two there's two sides to this coin, right? You could have people in charge that are like, man, that's really bad luck. You traded for this guy, uh, you know, you you knew he was hurt, but you <laughs> hoped that you know you hoped he was. And let's face it, what did they lose in that trade? Right? They yeah. lost Phil Myers, Nolan Patrick. It's like okay, you know, big deal. Didn't work out. He's not going to play here probably ever. Um, you know, we'll give that one to you. You do it with Sean Couturier, you know, you give him that big contract and then the, the year before it kicks in, you find out he needs back surgery. He gets a couple back surgeries. Here we are. If you're the guys that are supposed to be um, holding Chuck Fletcher accountable, right? We think that's the advisors or Dave Scott, whoever. Is it like, man, that's really bad luck. You know, let's see if, you know, you can fix this and, you know, make it better because that's just shit luck. Or should they be like, dude, that's a lot of money you just gave this guy. How did you not know that about his back? Because it didn't, it didn't just happen out of nowhere. How did you not know that? And what made you sign up to that contract first? Right? It's unfortunate because Sean Couturier has been a great player for the Flyers for a long time, won the Selkie Trophy. Uh, first player since John LeClaire to put up back-to-back 30-goal, 70-point seasons. He deserved uh, a raise. It's unfortunate how that played out. I mean, what side of the fence would you be on, Jack, if, if you were you know, whoever is in charge of Chuck Fletcher? It's a very good question, especially the way you laid it out. Uh, at the end of the day, it's a results-based business. At least it used to be. And I am on in the opinion there's not one GM in the NHL past, present, or future that would have not signed Sean Gattere. You can't trade him. You're not going to let him walk. You're going to sign the guy. And it was a deal. It was a deal. 7.75 for what he's done and can bring. He did not have this injury going into it. Like At least he must have held it pretty close to the chest if he did. Yeah. His biggest thing was what, his knee? That was what we were most concerned was his was his knee. You know, this came out of the blue. So unless they manage to keep this under wraps, and maybe Travis, maybe you know more than I do about it before he signed. I heard zero about his back. Zero. So I can't blame him for that. Ellis, I can aim a little bit more because we knew he was a little bit injury prone. Why did Nashville take so little for him? You know, right. You think that like that? I'm a little like, okay, well, maybe buyer beware. Hello. David Poley is a very good GM. So what does he know that I don't? So that one I can go, hmm. That one I can argue a little bit. And these these contracts are going to very much affect you in the offseason when you can only go 10% over the cap. Well, that's like 30% right there being dramatic. But my point is, like, you you really you can't you – know, ties your hands for your offseason. God forbid you start giving these good players who are playing well now, you have to start giving them raises. Now how are you going to build a squad? Now how are you going to add? So, like, was it bad luck? Yeah, so was COVID. A lot of veteran <laughs> yeah. DMs figured that out. When faced with bad luck, is he going to play that card again? Like, oh, well, what was I supposed to do? Like, yeah, well, it is what it is at some point. And either you get creative, which we've all admitted he's not, or you got to move on. And I think we're at a point where it's just, you can't keep turning around saying, well, it's not fair. So at the end of the day, results come first. Money comes first. And he's got to take, he's got to take the heat. Trev, you want to follow up? Um, I don't. That it's like the one thing I don't really know about the Coots 
situation is when this injury happened. I don't know if that was pre-signing or not. So I, that's hard to talk about. We all thought that was a great deal when it happened. And the the years, I think we all kind of realized towards the end that wouldn't work out for us. But like we were in win now mode at that point, And you're getting a, a, fir- a legit first line center for seven and a half mil. Like you, you'd do that any day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Ryan Ellis, um, Chris Terrian talks about this a lot that it was known league wide that he was damaged goods, and that's why we got him for basically nothing. So, I mean, how damaged goods was he? Was he like, I don't think anyone thought it was this serious that he would never play again. I mean, he he looked fu- he looked really good actually when he first started with us. Um, it, it's tough because with Ellis, like Patrick, Patrick has this year left on his contract and then he's done. And I think the same with Phil Myers. We, we're stuck with Ryan Ellis and his cap hit and his contract for five more years without doing any research. I think it's five. Mm-hmm. And we can get away with that in season, but like during the off season, we can't because he counts towards the cap and you can only go over 10%. So it's like kind of like the Chris Pronger situation. If if we're in a spot where it's time to go and we need that cap space, well, you're going to have to trade Ryan Ellis to a crappy team that can take on that cap hit. And then you're going to have to give up a second round pick with him just to sweeten the pot. You saw how tough it was for Hextall to move dead contracts. Now, when money and cap space is a luxury, good luck. You couldn't move mm-hmm. JVR on a one. He's playing. <laughs> he's a he's a player who plays. How about guys who can't for multiple years? Like it ain't happening. Um, the cap. The cap. I heard this a couple of weeks ago. Um, it sounds like it's going to go up one mil this off season. And then four mil the next off season, and then five the next, mm. and then the league's hoping it skyrockets after that. Now I feel like we've kind of heard that the last year or two, so we'll see what happens. But I think that's kind of what the league consensus is right now, as far as the cap goes. And that's why people say, "Can the Flyers turn this this around in a year or two? I'm like, "How? How? It's all going according to plan. Year three and four <laughs> torts, caps going up four, and then it's going up five. What's the right. plan? Free Don't money. Cry. <laughs> the plan is to give Austin Matthews 20 million. <laughs> it is. Um at at the end of the day like you guys you guys both said it. It's results based and as you know as sometimes it sucks to be that cutthroat but I think you need to be. So yeah, sorry Chuck like you know the deals you made look like every, almost every deal he made for the first I don't even know how long he's been here. Is this his fifth season? Twenty, Technically 2018, but just say 2019. Okay. So, like, the Hayes deal, I mean, the deal itself, you know, fifth-round pick for the rights to negotiate with Hayes ends up that's overpaying fine. them. But, you yeah, know, they ended fine. up getting a center. Um, uh, I'm sorry. What was the one we were just talking about here? Ellis. Uh, Ellis. Ellis. We were all pumped about that trade. Uh, Voracek, I think, was towards the end. We, he was kind of wearing out his welcome a little bit. Well, I like uh, that they ended up getting Atkinson. Yeah. I mean, all these trades were like, all right, Chuck, like great, great job. But they just didn't end up panning out for one reason or another. All these guys end up getting hurt. You know, great deal on Coots ends up getting hurt. 
And, you know, it's, it's easy to say, man, you just have shit luck, dude. But unfortunately, shit luck gets you fired sometimes. And it's way beyond time to get rid of them. You know, I, I hope I hope they're biding their time and they're looking for the perfect guy, whether it's an analytical guy, a creative guy like the guys in, in, in Carolina, Florida, or, or like the GM in Boston who, you know, somehow is able to put together a competitive team year after year. You know, they have to find a way to do that. Uh, Chuck Fletcher is absolutely not the guy. He's, he's absolute shit as a GM. You know, sometimes you just have to call it like it is. You can have bad luck. Sometimes it just, it just means you're not good, you know. I heard a funny story this week about Chuck. Uh, we had Ryan Malone on Nasty Knuckles this week, and he was attempting a comeback. He had been out of the league for two years. And Bugsy was like, all right, well, um, no NHLers are going to the Olympics for that season. So he wanted to try and make that Olympic roster knowing no NHL guys were going to uh, make the Olympics. He had been out of the league for two years. So he called Chuck Fletcher, who he knew well. Chuck was the assistant GM in Pittsburgh when Bugsy was there. So Bugsy calls him and he says, yo, is it okay if I just uh, skate with the minor league team in camp this year? I want to get my legs going. And he gave him a tryout to the NHL team after not playing for two years. Wow. Like, it's only a tryout. It doesn't really matter. But like, really? Like, what, what's the thought process there? Like, <laughs> It's kind of like the Andrew McDonald thing where like we had heard he wanted three years, three million per and Homer's like, oh, I'll give you five years at 30 million a year, or six million a year, whatever it was. It's like, what, what is the point of that? The guy just wants to go down and skate with your AHL team. Ah, give him a try. Let, let him play with the big club. I guess. So there's two It's things. not that serious, but it's like it's a funny story that's like, oh. Yeah. Someone just got clobbered. Sealer had a nice hit on Dumba going through the middle. They called him for it, that little bastard. Oh, that looked like a uh, slash. Who slashed? What minute are you in? 2.53. Yeah, I, right. didn't, I didn't miss it yet. I'm a minute behind. How oh, good. I don't know how that happens. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's probably some kind of psychology involved there. Either that or they thought they were being nice. I don't know. It's weird. And it's so funny that you brought up Holgram because – and this is, I, I forget where I heard this. I think I heard it from like an interview with Lindros. Lindros skated at like one of the alumni games or something. And Holgram asked him if he wanted to like consider joining oh, yeah. the team for a, uh, a playoff run. I, I don't know it, how old he was at the time, but it's like, holy shit, he's been out of the league for like eight years. I think it was, um, it was after they traded Richards and Carter and they asked Homer tried to sign him to a contract that summer. So 2011. So yep. I, like, wow, <laughs> this is Lindros. Yeah, I, I heard years like, later, like I, I, I don't even know how old he was. So what, I guess if you if it's that time frame, they traded him. Yeah, it would have been for that 2012 run when we knocked out Pittsburgh in the first round. Can you imagine having <laughs> on that team? That was already chaos. <laughs> that series. Could you imagine Lindros, Lindros, and Lindros on the same team? <laughs> oh, oh my god! god. I just I'll be right back. <laughs> Actually, I wish that would have happened. Yeah, could you imagine? I would have cried. Speaking of Yager, did, wrapped up. did you guys see, um, and I'm not making fun of him, but did you guys see Jamie Baskow said the Flyers should sign Yager? Seriously? No. no. What? Yeah. How long ago is this? Today. No. <laughs> Wait, like he didn't know? He, he thinks the Flyers, no, like right now, he thinks the Flyers should sign Yager to play this season. Why? 
<laughs> Jamie. Put your asses in seats. On the sauce. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we've got Tortorella and a 50-something-year-old Yager on the stage. <laughs> Has the player ever been older than the coach? Just kidding. Now call <laughs> Lindros, and then we're good. Right. <laughs> uh, but to your guys' point with Holmgren, we actually – remember when we had uh, – I was going to say Daryl Powell, but it wasn't Daryl Powell. It was Jim Dowd. I Dow. love Daryl Powell. So did I. Uh, remember when we had uh, Jim Dowd on a while back, and he said he was looking for a team. I think it was his last year or second to last year, and uh, called Homer up. He was like, yeah, come on in, and he ended up signing him. He, he called him up, and that was it. Hmm. That was all they needed to do. Yeah, come on in. We'll give you a try, and ended up signing him. Jim Dowd, yeah. Hey. Uh, Brick, New Jersey's like uh, finest. right? Some guys played. sit back and wait to get phone calls. Other guys make the call. That's true. Played with my boss, guy. Riley Cote, that season. There you go, yeah. He can freaking talk, man. You guys had him on? Uh, oh, yeah. Jimmy Dowd, yeah, a very long time ago. He was one of the first guests, I believe. Yeah, he can, he, he can talk. He likes to he talk. He wanted to start a sure. podcast with Jim. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> it's, called, it's called Jim Listen to Jim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We uh, it would always start out hockey and then somehow get very very political and I was like oh god <laughs> oh wow you guys didn't go there yeah I don't think so knew. he would get real like I would be like oh so what do you think about Claude Giroux well you know did you see uh, what Trump did yesterday and I'm like <laughs> Claude Giroux what about Claude Giroux <laughs> I I was just the social media guy then I wasn't editing so maybe some stuff got edited out that I never heard about but. Oh. Not that I know of. Yeah, he was. Uh, he made me laugh, that's for sure. But some of the stuff, I was like, "Oh God!" Yeah, Jim's Dude. like, "Yeah, I got a show with Jim." And then, like a week later, he's like, "Oh geez." Yeah. <laughs> good guy. Ultimately, good guy though. Definitely I'm good guy. Out with him. Were, uh, yeah, definitely good guy. But uh, yeah. All right, so we're about uh hour and thirty five minutes in. You guys want to talk some past flyer trades? Because I made a couple posts. Uh, I think it was Wednesday. One of them was. From the uh, high and wide account at Flyers HW, uh, who would you rather have as a defenseman, uh, just in general? Eric Desjardins or Kimo Timonen was the uh, question. Let me see. I made a poll for them actually, but while I look for the yeah, poll, what are the results of that poll? Yeah, let me bring that uh, that old poll up here, Jack. I I know your answer, but let, let's find out Travis's first, and then. Uh, we'll we'll discuss. Trav, who would you rather? Do, do you remember watching Eric Desjardins? I, I don't think I ever. I don't remember okay. it. I don't so think I ever good. got to saw him play. Okay. Um, everything I've heard, he was a legit number one. Um, yeah, I don't really have a long answer for you. Um, I but loved you Kimo. I, yeah, I loved Kimo. Like he was a number one, but there was that two year stretch where like he was our. I mean, he was a second pair guy, but like. Ice time wise, he was our number two. I mean, that guy could do anything. And like for being a smaller guy, he would lay the body if he had to. He would block shots. Very good defensive defenseman. And he was he's probably like the same size as Ghost. And like he would there was a 50-50 board battle. He was gonna win it more than 50% of the time. Like Kimo was a beast. Yeah. I, I think he was extremely underrated during his time here. And even still, I think he's underrated. Talk uh, about not knowing what you had till it's gone. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, a guy he was going to give you five goals, you know, thirty plus assists every season, which is is very good for a defenseman. Um, you you knew what you were getting. He was the definition of consistency. 
right? Yep. He was consistently good. Uh, they didn't really ever have any bad games. I mean, you look at defensemen now. You know, we're thinking about guys like Tony D'Angelo, Shane Gossespierre, and, and, you know, yeah, okay, maybe they make some really good plays, but then there's times where they're like, dude, what were you thinking? You know, minus three, minus four. Kimo Timonen was – he never had minus three, minus four games. He was always, you know, steady as they go. There were, um, there were times he, he, he would finish and you would like – did you see the Carter goal? Did you see this? And then you look and team had like four assists. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Great point. And then Jack. So Eric Desjardins was, you know, our era kind of growing up. Uh, you, you're a pretty, you, you're an, a Desjardins fan. And I think, you know, would, would you take him over team Yes, but barely. Yeah. When you, when you saw you saw a lot of oh it's it's Stajard it's Rico hands down or you say no it's it's teaming and hands down I'm like okay well somebody who watched them both it's a lot closer than hands down yeah. uh, but I would lean Desjardins it was a franchise right handed defenseman he had a little Jason Smith to him man like he 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 was always always hurt. Like he had emergency like surgery after every season. <laughs> like yeah, like he tore everything under the sun. He played in an era where you guys were getting messed up, and like he would always come back. Like and he was he was he was going against some really really good players. He, I felt like when the Flyers had team in, they were so always looking for a number one. When the Flyers had Desjardins, they never were really in the mix outside of Ray Bork at the end of his career, and they didn't even get him. Um, they like. Desjardins was their number one. Anybody else was just more, was just extra. You know, they had their number one. And uh, he was like second team all-star like twice. Uh, I don't remember how many actual all-star games he won. He was captain for a short time. Um, he just, he played in a, a lot of high profile games and he, he dragged Bundy around. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> you know, at least he even had Coburn, you know, I mean, it's it just, uh, if I had to pick, after doing the research and from what I remember is Desjardins for me. Um, and I, you know, I would, it's a shame because I love teaming in and I hate having to make that choice. But in my opinion, he was just a better defenseman. He was really in a, I wouldn't say a tier of his own, but he was definitely the better player. You guys want to, you want to hear something crazy? You, are, you both made great points by the way, but I'm just now looking at their stats. I swear I didn't look at their stats before I paired them up against each other, but if I thought, you know, best Flyers defenseman uh, through, I would say, the last two decades, those were the two guys that came to mind for me as most complete, right? Like, sure, Pronger was here for a couple of years, and you had guys even in the comments. Yeah, Pronger, you know, is the answer to this question, even though it was, you know, between team and Yeah, that ain't even fair. Right. So I'm looking at their stats here, and Kimo Timonen, uh played 1,108 games in his NHL career. Eric Desjardins played 1,143, okay? Uh, overall points, Eric Desjardins, 575 points. You want to know how many Kimo Timonen had? 571. They're, <laughs> like, they're neck and neck. Like, they're right there. Well, um, Desjardins played during the dead puck era. Does that change your mind at all? Well, so I'm not even, you know, I'm I'm genuine. I'm just like these guys are, are both very good. I'm just I'm just now looking at that. I'm like, holy shit! Like they're 571 and 575. Like, I, I guess if you want to look at playoff points, uh, that's when you really give the nod to Dejardin's dance here. Like 168 playoff games, 80 points, 23 goals. Uh, teaming in 105 playoff games, 35 points, four goals. 
Um, but I was, I'm like really surprised, like how close those, the stats well, were there. Especially if you didn't like look that up and just said these two players, holy yeah. cow. Yeah. But no, just to, just to strengthen my Desjardins point, there wasn't nearly as many goals being scored in the nineties because of the teams like the devils. You know, they, they, like they almost put hockey out of business because it became pretty boring. You know, so, so the fact that he's up there in points, um, I think it's just a credit to how good he was. It, he played with a hell of, hell of players too. I mean, yeah. Lindros really could have been, if he'd have stayed healthy, could have been a top five player of all time. I know that's a hell of a statement to make, but he had the talent to do it. He just couldn't stay healthy. And he got to play with him, Leclerc, Recky, Lindros, Brindamore, and later in his career, Ronick and, and Primo, and just constantly a good team, constantly a good team. We're teaming him. First came in, team was you know just being retooled, had a couple of okay years. Obviously, had the cup run, and then kind of puttered out towards the end of his career. Also, spent majority of his career in Nashville. So, depends on how you look at it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one more tidbit before we uh, move on to uh, another trade scenario. Eric Desjardins drafted in the second round, thirty-eight overall. So the Flyers, once upon a time, could find gems in the second round, <laughs> third round. Um, they didn't draft him though. Oh, I'm sorry, Montreal. Montreal. <laughs> so they, they didn't draft Mark him. Shit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's where you trade. And, and we could talk about that. Uh, let's talk about that now. Yeah. The, the, so I framed another question on, on my account was, you know, what was the Flyers' greatest trade of all time? And the reason that, you know, that, that question sparked was, you know, how they got Kimo teaming in. And they ended up getting Scott Hartnell in the trade as well. There's a little bit more to it. Um, but the and and Trav, you seem to think that maybe there could be another side to this. Um, but the trade was uh, officially it was Flyers sent a first round pick, twenty third overall for Kimo Timonen and and Scott Hartnell the rights to him, which they then both ended up signing six year contracts. And to me, you know, just that in a snippet, you could argue was one of the best trades in Flyers history because the Flyers traded a you know a first round pick that ended up being Jonathan Blum. You guys ever heard of him? No. Yeah, but I, you know what? I actually did because, like, I thought he was going to be one of them late bloomers. Like, I actually thought that guy was going to be a good player, but he was the blummer instead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and so they ended up getting Teeman in, who was here for three, four, five, six, seven years, and Scott Hartnell, who I think was here for around the same amount of time. And uh, Hartnell for that because Teeman was having reservations about signing, and Hartnell said, "No, no." There you go. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, go ahead, Trav, because you know a little bit about this. Is that the greatest retool of all time? <laughs> yeah, that, that was. That was yeah. the best retool ever. It really ever. was. Andy Briere, trade for those two guys, sign them. Joffrey Lupul, Jason Smith. Uh, that's what James my, That is literally my son's name. Just saying. Wow. An omen. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with this, but like Chemo said, he like he's on record of saying exactly what Jack just said. Like he he was very on the fence about signing here, and it took him to like last minute. And Hartnell kind of persuaded him, "Yeah, come to Philly, sign here, sign here." So like, I don't know. It, was that really part of the the Forsberg trade? I don't know. Um, yeah. Because the way it was presented, it sounded like it was a foregone conclusion that it was going to happen, right? Yeah, like uh, I guess Bill replied to the tweet saying that the trade really, the Hartnell and Chemo trade was done at the deadline, but they wanted them guys at for their playoff push. Yeah. So then they said, "All right, well, we'll trade them uh, guys to you in the off season." So 
really the trade was Hartnell, Chemo, Ryan Parent, um, Scotty Upshaw. Am I forgetting one more? No, I think that's it. For yeah, if you, if the Peter Forsberg, the rental. You, I think that's yeah. it. Yeah. I was I did, forgot all about Upshaw. I knew about Parent. Uh, I'm sorry, Parent, but uh, I forgot about uh, I forgot about Upshaw. I, I mean, Scotty I liked Upshaw dog. when he was here, man. So did I. You remember? I remember there was a lot of controversy when they traded him away. Yeah, for Carbomb. Did that? <laughs> they had to make room for Dan Carcillo. Oh, I'm sorry, they had to make room for Giroux. My mistake. So they traded right. for Dan Carcillo. But I remember they gave up uh, Upshaw and a second round pick for Dan Carcillo. And people were like, what else should you get back? They're like, are oh, you you got Dan Carcillo and a second round pick? And they're like, no, we gave up the second round pick. And they're like, <laughs> why? But it was ultimately to make room for for a G. Those were the days, man. When they were trading for Dan Carcillo. We used to get so much hate, man, and now we would do anything to go back to Oldham. And a lot of people like to shit on the end of his tenure, and I'm like, listen, there was another hand on that wheel, and it was Ed Snyder. All right, It is what it is. The guy was getting old. He had cancer. There was another hand on that wheel, and I know Holcomb gave out no trade clauses like there were M&Ms, and he overpaid people, but at the end of the day, that guy was aggressive as anything, and I would do anything to have him back in a younger age. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Could go for M&M's. Uh, I've got, yeah, some, got some Skittles. Real quick before I forget, guys. Because uh, I don't want to get, I don't want to go too far backwards. But the results of that, that Timonen Desjardins poll, I thought it was going to be at least a little closer. But there's a lot of Desjardins fans out there still. I think a lot of older fans. Desjardins, 58.5% of the vote. Chemo team in 41.5, and that's out of 557 votes. So a lot of people voted, and uh, I think both – you know, I, I think that's fair, right? Like Desjardins, I think, was probably the better player overall, and so 58 seems fair, and 41 for also, team in still seems fair. The results of that poll, does that seem like hands down Desjardins? No, not exactly, nah. right? I don't think so either. Yeah, I think I and which is that it's kind of how I felt. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot closer. I don't think it's hands down. I think it's close. Yeah, and I but I do think Desjardins is the answer, and I think the results kind of reflect that. Yeah, I would agree. So that was a fun. Uh, that was a fun. I, was, I think that was awesome. I, when you said that, I got excited, man. I was like, oh my god, I'm going back to my two favorite eras of Flyers hockey. Right. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so speaking of Flyers. <laughs> well, real quick, speaking of Flyers defenseman, Ivan Provorov played his 500th game tonight. Um, All of them painful. Yep. And I don't even want to really look at the comments here. You can compare I? him to. Yeah, I don't want to look at these comments. All right. <laughs> just, yeah. Nope, just move on. Yeah. All right. So uh, next trade here. So we kind of already mentioned it. Actually, no. So one of the players that we were just talking about was involved in uh, arguably the greatest trade of all time in Flyers history. And, and Jack, without me even saying it, you, it, is, it is what? Greatest trade of all time? For the Flyers, yeah. And so one of oh. the players involved in it was just in the conversation we were talking oh, about. Oh, that's definitely Claire Lindros. And I, can't, I always forget his name when I need to remember it. I will recce, but I'm trying to think of the, the other Montreal player. Desjardins. No, 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 no. We got another guy back. Oh, with Leclerc and Desjardins? Yeah, and he was who we Hang really on. wanted, and he ended up being nothing. I think it's Dion. Mich- no, no, that's not it. 
Gilbert? Marcel Dion. No. <laughs> yeah, I think you're Gilbert. actually right, Jack. Gilbert Dion? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was the guy. Well, they want Danger Dan was still pretty good, too. Leclerc's biggest contributions was two overtime Stanley Cup goals, but he, st- he was like a third-line yeah. winner. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll take that all day. But he was kind of, I don't want to say throw him, but kind of a throw in. And um, they wanted that uh, Gilbert, Dion, and Desjardins. And Leclerc ended up being, well, you know, the rest is history. I don't have to explain it to you. But yeah, th- I mean, I don't know how. Can you think of a better? I mean, I know Keith Allen in the Broad Street Bully days got named Keith the Thief for a reason, but I can't think of any trades better than that one. Wow, you weren't you weren't kidding. I went back to look up Gilbert Dion, and he really didn't do anything in his NHL career. He played 223 career games. I mean, 140 points, that's pretty damn good by today's standards. But How many years? Uh, so he played... Recky came like, like uh, 20-something shy in one season. Yeah, it looks like he played two and a half seasons with Montreal. Uh, was traded six games into the season. He got traded to the Flyers, where he only played in 20 games. Uh, next year, he spent most of the season in the AHL and then played two more games for the Flyers, five more games for the Panthers, and then that was the end of his NHL career in 1996. Thank God they got Dejardins and LeClaire. Yeah, seriously. that trade was He was out of the NHL two years after that trade. Do you know how who we traded to get Recky back? Uh, no. Oh, I love it. I, I don't remember the picks involved, but you guys remember uh, Dinah Zubris? Yes. Yeah, that's who we traded. It was to Montreal too. He wound up with the Devils later, but it was—I think it was second round. Recky was Recky was with Montreal when they made that trade. Uh, yes. Wow. He really did play for everyone. Yeah, yeah he really did. Some teams, well, multiple times. Like, well, and he wasn't just there for a season or two. He was there for it looks like a full length five years. He was with Montreal. I had no recollection of that. You were a little. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I don't like Mark Recchi because I only know him as a penguin and a Bruin. Wow. I have a much different perspective on him. I understand. I, I oh man, our teams used to be so friggin' good in the late nineties, early two thousands. <laughs> like he was just like another name in a mix of great names, and they still didn't win the cup. That's mm-hmm. why when I see this team on the ice now and people getting excited, I'm like, stop, stop. <laughs> the, right. the second time they traded Recchi, I didn't understand. Wait, wait, who did they trade? Who did they? What, what did they trade him for the second time? They, they didn't, just caught him. It was after the lockout. They, oh, that was that was Clark, it. He wanted to stay too. Like f Bobby Clark for that dude. He did not bring back Leclerc, who really only had one year left. But he didn't bring back Recky. He wanted to like start fresh. I'm like, these guys have been great for you. Why? Why? And then yeah, he wasn't Recky done. Going to win a cup with what the Hurricanes and then Boston and played for the Penguins just despite us, like. There's was, one team yeah. on here that you're never going to guess that he played for. Well, you might, but. The uh, Thrashers. Hold on, the Hartford Whalers. Yeah, close. Yeah, the Thrashers. They don't even exist anymore. Yeah. It was the Thrashers? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, do you ever remember Recky playing for the Thrashers? No, I don't. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I really don't. The only player to ever play for the Thrashers was Kovachuk. That's it. <laughs> right. Nobody else ever played for them. I saw a picture of. Uh, Kachuk, Keith Kachuk with them. I was like, when was that? Right. <laughs> yeah, I have no recollection of some of these guys playing for them. But speaking of the Thrashers, because that's a good segue into this third great trade by the Philadelphia Flyers. And I think we mentioned it uh, earlier in the uh, day. You mentioned it, Jim. Right? 
Yeah. Uh, it was made by former GM Ron Hextall. The Flyers yeah. traded Alexi Zhitnik. Let me that just was, look that up was, here. That wasn't Hextall. No, nah, not Hextall. That wasn't that was Hextall? Holgram or Clark. Homer? I think it was that, Homer. Yeah, it had to have been Homer's either his first year or Clark's wow, last. Wow, you're right, yeah. 06, 07 that was made. Oh, my God. That was probably after doing? Bobby Clark quit. Yeah, I, I, I'm, uh, that was a long time ago, yeah. Okay, so Zhitnik for Coburn and a pick, wasn't it? Or am, do I have this back? I thought it was one for one, but I'm, I'm not thinking sure. one for one, but I could be wrong. Okay, let me just go back and, and double check here. Let me look up Zhitnik. Who I remember him playing for the Sabres when they had Jitnik and Shatan, two guys whose last names really stuck out. Well, you pretty much teams. just named the entire roster outside of like Stu Barnes and Matthew Barnes <laughs> being Hoshik. And somehow that team went to the cup. Friggin' well, Brad I, I know I remember him. Now with Hoshik, but whatever. Yeah, you guys are right. It was one for one. Braden Coburn for Jitnik. What what a trade that was. So let me go but back here. You trade the best player, you don't always get the best player. Zhitnik was like washed at that point. He was a minus 16 with the Flyers. All right, screw <laughs> off, Jim. Br- Br- oh, wait, 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 you know nothing. what? That was the worst, one of the worst seasons in, in franchise history. That was 06 yeah, or 07. Yeah, can't blame so. it all on him. Right, okay. So he was established. He was in the league for a year and a half after that, and they got Braden Coburn. Well, he was a prospect. was a, like a stalwart on the Flyers for years to come after that. So much that. hate, dude. He got he so did. much hate. I'm he like, really did. I used to I used to defend him. I'm like, I get it. Guy's not a top pairing defenseman, but he's still good. He was with the Flyers for nine years after that. It's a good nine years. I, I couldn't stand Coburn at the end, but like not I kind of realized over time it was just kind of he was a second well, pair guy who they were forcing to play top pair minutes. Exactly. Against. And Jim, you can respect this as as the Braun fan that you are. They put the guy in a position he wasn't prepared for and he had right. a huge friggin' nose. Like yeah. it. It was funny. Like as soon as he went to Tampa, it's like, oh, Coburn's good again. Well, not not They're playing top pair right. minutes anymore. It's yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Although that he Hexall got a haul for Coburn. Oh, yeah. right. A first, a third, and Gudis. Oh my goodness. Yep. All right. So this is where I was mixing up a little bit. Yeah, Jack, you were right. Coburn for for Gudis, first round pick, and a 2015 third round pick. Uh, it looks like the Flyers used. Oh no! Uh, what? Oh no! Cousins. They got cousins. Uh, Cousins was he came over that in was the, the that was, uh, that was part trade. Trade. Part trade wasn't it? All right, yeah. hold on. but they got Tomek the the goalie. Oh, I would have never said God. Thank God you said so. But I I think they they traded up with that 29th pick they, they got. Yeah, that was they the, did. That yep. was the Coburn trade. Uh, Coburn. That was a TK pick. That, that yeah. was the yep. pick they used their second round pick to move up to get him. See this? These are the kind of moves that Chuck Fletcher needs to be studying. You know, and kind of he needs to win some trades and and not just win. He needs to fleece like that's the position he's in right now. He needs to fleece some trades because usually it's like, OK, yeah, as long as you know, if, if this player turns out to be something on this other team, that's great. As long as our guy turns out to be good, too. Now, he just needs to straight up win deals. He needs to find a way to win some trades. Like, you know, when right, they say certain players, young players, when they hit like 26, 27 year old, you're like. He is who he is. Mm-hmm. Fletcher is who he is. He's not fleecing anybody. Right. No, no. It's done. The book and is out no, on him. He has no respect around the league. Like everyone knows. why like, he couldn't move JVR for anything less than a King's ransom. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach McEwen and Wade Allison not on the bench to Uh-oh. start the third. Wade Allison, what a shock. That's not good. He, he almost – he didn't he go to the locker room the other night? 
Wade Allison. Uh, he stayed on the bench. Stayed on the bench. Okay. It's a shame. Well, he plays the way I, I really respect. But yeah. my God, you made a glass. Yeah. Well, we got uh, a couple more minutes till two hours here. You guys got one more trade you want to bring up? Does anything come to mind for you guys? Anything specifically? Like, what, like um, an interesting one or just like a really good trade for the Flyers? Yeah, I mean, one that, that clearly stands out. Like the first one that comes to your mind, it's like, man, that's a good trade. The first one that comes to my mind is the Hartnell and Chemo trade. But, um, I mean, this was way before our time, but Bernie Perrant and a second-round pick for a first-round pick? I mean, <laughs> take Flyers that any day of the week. They got Perrant, right? Yeah, they got Bernie and a second for a first. Yeah, I mean, let's do that. Let's do that today. They got him back, I believe. I think yeah, that was when they got him back. Yeah. Either cut him or move him. There's Chuck. Yeah, he was with Toronto, I think. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, with the Bruins. Oh, boy. The first Chuck's time around. I saw, dude, he's got a crossword puzzle up there. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really show? Yeah, he was writing something they down with his pen. Oh, uh-uh. God. Yeah, he's playing. Uh, the 16 across. Yeah, he's he's doing. Uh, what's the X's and O game? Oh, Saduki, Saduki, whatever. Mm, it's yeah, I don't know. One of those. I think he's playing tic tac toe against himself, and he yeah, tic tac toe. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, I like. No, I like this question. Like I'm trying to think of like a, a really good one. Like, okay, I'll ask you guys. Where do you, I mean, Travis? How old are you? Twenty three. All right, so you're a little young. But Jimmy, Brenda Moore for Keith Primo. Where do you send on that bad boy? I hated it at the time. I was like, why are they trading Brenda Moore? He's so good. Like he was like heart and soul. Like he was like Mike Richards before there was a Mike Richards, right? Like like we don't even we don't talk about Brenda Moore anymore because he it's been so long since he was here. You know, but he's not he's he doesn't go in the books as a flyer for life. He goes in the books as a hurricane for life, and he should be a flyer for life, right? Like Primo was good. Obviously, we all remember the that you know iconic uh, five overtime goal that he scored. You know, and he did. It, it is an iconic goal. Like the way he scored it, it wasn't some garbage fifth overtime goal. It was a pretty goal. Um, but for me, that's all I remember Keith Primo as. And it's no disrespect because he was a, a very good player, and you know, it was good captain this and that. But Brenda Moore, like you just remember, like the toughness, like the guy embodied you know, work ethic. He played the game the right way. You could score. You could kick your ass. Like, all these things you could do. And it's like, man, he, couldn't he they traded him away. I know. What a, <laughs> what a friggin' shame that is, dude. I'll be honest with you. At the time, when I I still remember, like, it was yesterday, I, it just popped up on the, like, I must have had, like, the, the channel that you occasionally get news on. Maybe it was the WB. It was probably watching, like, the first season of Charmed or something. Mm. I don't know. And it just popped up on the screen. And I, I like you said, Jim, I hated that they moved Brindamore. But, dude, Keith Primo was a damn good player. Like, I was just like, holy hell. Especially when you describe the kind of center that you like, that is Keith Primo. And yeah. the only thing that cut his career short was concussions. And it's a damn shame. He went on to be the captain of the team. Kind of stole it from Desjardins, which was a little weird. And I forget why that happened. But, like, it was like it really sucked to lose Brindamore, who at the time was more of a – very good player, but second line player. Keith Primo was a first line center. Now, not for like you know Detroit, you know who was killing it with Fedorov and those guys, but still, like to add him to what we already had was like, oh shit. I found out later why they actually did it. If you had told me how long Brennan Moore would have lasted, I would have never made that trade. 
But at the time, it was very exciting. And the Flyers, they were always right there, man. He, he gave them a good oh, – shit, I don't remember what year that was, but he lasted to about the first year after the lockout. So, you know, he was around for a while. And, he, oh, man, he was he was good. Oh, I, to, I totally understand it, being a Brendan Moore fan, what he's done for the uh, the Hurricanes and, you know. Could be could be a totally different team we're watching today if he if he stayed with the organization. You know what really sucks about all that? You know what really really sucks? As you know, obviously they traded him. They had to trade him. This was in uh, they traded him during the 2000 season, 99 2000 season. Uh, and we know why they traded him, right? Because of whatever happened with with Lindros. Lindros did not play for the Flyers again after that season. Right. So, oh, after they, that season, I was going to yeah. say, is that when he came back in game seven and got clocked? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I assume in, in 99, 2000, because 2000, 2001 didn't play. And then he, you know, he played for the Rangers the next season. But could you imagine if, if things could have just held off just a little bit? Right? Because yeah. after that season, they didn't have Brendan Moore or Lindros. You know, I assume. You would assume that they kind of knew, like behind the scenes, Lindros wasn't happy. Maybe he wasn't going to be here. That's why they go out and trade for another big body center. Uh, so they're getting ready for Lindros to depart, or you know, maybe they're hoping to have Lindros Primo, which would have been a pretty friggin' amazing one-two center punch. But just, just amazing when you go back and look, you know, you, and you know why they traded Brendan Moore. He, he couldn't be here anymore. Uh, so they obviously they were sticking with Lindros, and Lindros doesn't play for them again after that year. It's just amazing the bad luck uh, this franchise has sometimes, man. Yeah, and it was that close like you were saying. And, yeah, that sucks. It you does. Know, it really, does. really does. So I'll ask you this. And, Travis, I hope you've at least seen this. But my favorite, and I can't think of one that even comes close, my favorite save from a flyer ever was that Boucher save on Eliash. Oh, yeah. that, oh my god, helmet yep. coming off. Even the glove comes down just as the puck gets there. Like it is unbelievable. I cannot believe they didn't win that series. Yeah, those were the days, man. And Keith Jones was like mic'd up during that. He was like, ah oh, fuck a beat. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I remember that dude. I almost forget that he played for the team sometimes. Like I know he did. <laughs> so, like, I, I, forget, I forget seeing him on the ice in the fire. He feels out of place. I'm like, yeah. he's overweight. You know what I mean? Like he's just—it's <laughs> such a goofball. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and I don't know. It's—I love him now. I mean, he's such a treasure. Like to watch like national television. He's our representative. Where yeah. they got like Mike Milbury on there. This guy's a clown. We yeah. got Keith Jones. Like he's, but I think about him as a player. I'm like, yeah, he wasn't really that good at all. No. Nah, great dude though. Great dude. Oh, oh my god, the best. Absolutely the best. All right, well, we made it two hours. We're going to split this episode up into an hour apiece. Flyers are 1-1. There's how much time left in the third, boys? I know I'm behind. 15, 15-20-ish. Okay. Uh, oh. oh. Wild well, took the lead. We're going to end the show on that note. Flyers go down 2-1. <laughs> to 15-12 left to play. Uh, was it Boldy yeah. then at least? Please give me Bold. It was. Was it Boldy? I better win this week. Newly signed contract, seven-year deal they gave him. Also drafted in the Cam York draft ahead of a, Fletcher did have an opportunity to draft him. Just saying. Oh, you got the uh, the next Cole Caulfield and Bobby Brink. I mean, it's like Cole Caulfield, Boldy. I'm having trouble shitting on Cam York, man. The guy's by far our best defenseman. 
I'm playing good. I'm playing really well. What does that tell you? Yeah. I'm playing good. But all right, boys. Uh, any last words we want to get in before we wrap up, Trav? You have anything? Uh, anything you want to put out there? Promote before we before we hang up here? I think we're good. All right, Jack. Anything? No, I'm gonna pass. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, for for Jack and Travis, I'm Jim. We'll be back. Uh, we're gonna take off next week, but we will have the second half of the episode that you're actually listening to now. If you're listening to this, you're listening to, you're listening to the second half of the episode. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're off this week. We'll be back the week after the All-Star Game when the Flyers come back. They return on February 6th, I believe, after the, they have one more game this week against Winnipeg on Saturday. Uh, so, yeah, thanks again, as always, for hanging out. Uh, next time you catch us live will be, I don't know, around February 6th. So, Make sure you're drinking your green stuff, taking your vitamins. Everybody enjoy the rest of your night, and let's go fly. Yeah.